Africa Business Report on The Money Show. Victor Homeswan with the Africa Business Report. A great tweet this morning from someone who tells us it takes no money and about eight hours to set up a business in Rwanda and about a week and $800 to fast track it in Nigeria. Does that make sense? It will make sense. Rwanda is a much smaller country, 11 million people. The country decided more than 10 years ago that they wanted to be the best place to do business. They have become on mainland business. And I've seen them grow year by year. They are very intolerant to anything that has to do with corruption in those processes, Bruce. They publicize everything about how much you'll pay for what. So it's not very easy for anybody to come and entice you by saying, you do give me this, I'll do that. But most of all, they have been sharpening their processes and going online. If you're actually from a rural area in Rwanda and you want to register a business, they don't encourage you to go into the one-stop center they have in Kigali. They say, do it online. So mm. it's very difficult. But in Nigeria, on the other hand, over 150 million people, very competitive culture, and the systems are not as developed as they are. Although I admit they have been growing exponentially. But to get the processes right, to get the customs and all those kinds of areas where you have to get approval is going to be a long time before Nigeria can be on par with Rwanda. I think I think they are still ranked above 150 in the world, if not 130 out yeah. of 180 countries. So they are far from Rwanda is ranked number 32 in the world. So you tell it tells you the gulf of of difference that that that, that exists between the two countries. I just want to take a quick call from Trifinia this evening, who's given us a shout. Uh, Trifinia, tell me, Standard Bank is still down. This evening, yes, Standard Bank is still down. We're able to log in, and I tried to do a transfer between the accounts. It sort of looks like it's trying to do it, but then it gives an exception error. Ah, Trafinia, thanks very much. I mean, Standard Bank coming through this evening very confidently on Twitter, saying he has an update. Everything's working fine, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the last twenty-four hours, the last thirty-six hours have not been spectacular for Standard Bank. And uh, those coming through this evening, people saying still not working absolutely perfectly. Um, Victor Fumuswana with the Africa Business Report. Um, why is Nairobi going to be the best place on the continent, or one of the best places on the continent to invest? Alongside cities like Ibadan, Addis. Sababa, Wagadugin, Burkina Faso, Dakai in Senegal, Kanu in Nigeria, Abidjan in Ivory Coast, Khartoum in, in Luanda and Dar es Salaam. Yeah. The reason, these are all indicative of the economies of Africa that have been doing a whole lot better. You know, Nairobi in particular, Bruce, I would say because of their emphasis on ICT infrastructure and lowering the cost of connection to the internet. They have they have just understood the future of world businesses online and they went out to do that. Infrastructure is still not the best, but if you go to Kansas City, if you go to any initiative they have around telecommunications, you will see that this is a country that's far, far too forward looking for the rest of the continent. And that's why it would be top of that list. What about security then? Secure oh you're talking about Al Shabaab. Absolutely. I mean, to be exact. Okay. You know, Al-Shabaab is the result, is the price Nairobi, Kenya is paying for taking on, Al, I mean, what is it, the violence there, the bombings, is the price Kenya is paying for taking on Al-Shabaab in East Africa because Somalia was creating a real problem for the region and I think Kenya is one country that said we will take them on. When you do that, Al-Shabaab, as you know, will hit back and unfortunately there will be those incidents. But if you consider the number of incidents and what is happening on the larger economic landscape of Kenya, you will see that it's still going to be a leading investment destination by far.
Oh, okay, so we watched we watched Nairobi for for the next while. I, I like the fact that Uganda tourism yeah. is growing growing so nicely, and they've got the gorillas in the mist, of course, yeah. which is a huge attraction for Uganda. Yeah, exactly. One point four billion dollars. They first in financial year 2013-2014, up from one point four. I mean, one point one in the year before. And I have been in the past three years. I think I've been on holiday in Uganda, so I can vouch for the fact that they are trying. They are still not the leading country in 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 the area. But at least they are no longer dependent only on coffee, which was the traditional, what is it, source of revenue. It earned only about 415 million. So, so less, less than half what tourism is doing. And that's what, you know, countries like France and Austria are doing. They don't have many resources, natural resources, but they are coining it on tourism, Bruce. So I think if you have the origin of the River Nile, you have gorillas out in the mountains, you have what the, the, the what is it, the Kasubi Tombs, which is a United Nations heritage site, you should be able to command a reasonably good source of, of, of revenue source of revenue from tourism and if you've been to Uganda you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about and I mean, I'll take your word for it I, I would love to go to Uganda I know people who have been and rave yeah. about the place yeah. uh, and rave about the experiences they've had Winston um, Churchill wasn't I mean he didn't call it what is it the Eden of Africa or something like I that think for so. nothing yeah, the gar- yeah, yeah I think he said the Garden of Eden in Africa along, the, yeah. along those lines yeah. um, oil reserves there too I mean they are yeah. becoming an increasingly gifted country in terms of natural resources. They are. They are talking about 6.5 billion barrels that they're having in reserves. It doesn't mean they'll be able to drill out all of that, but at least they're showing the more they can show reserves because you're not talking about small companies that are doing this exploration, Bruce. You've got a country companies like Tala Oil, which have been in the country for a long time. The only problem is, of course, Uganda decided to go the tough route of wanting refineries alongside the drilling. So it is going to take a while, but when it finally comes on street, I'm sure it will be very good for that economy. Uh, and then uh, move on to Ethiopia. So many people in Ethiopia remain dirt poor, yeah. but the national revenue um, is growing so nicely. The government there does seem to be pulling things right. Well, one thing they did, they, they increased the price of money, they, the, the cost, what is the purchasing price of gold that they are paying traditional miners. These are not big mining companies, Bruce. They are people who go with a shovel and they, they do a whole lot of things there. So small-scale miners, as we will say. And that's what Ethiopian, Ethiopia did. $500 million that they earned from gold and other precious minerals during the last financial fiscal year. But it's not only that, it's infrastructure, it's also agriculture that they investing in and a lot of high value adding manufacturing they're inviting a whole lot of telecommunications companies what is it it companies to invest in the country but they are showing an interest the the broader plan they call the growth and transformation plan gtp which is the equivalent of what we call the ndp out here the national development program so they are trying to diversify the economy as much as possible and modernize it and it's showing that they are taking their mining just as seriously they've been trying oil as well um, and then Zimbabwe signing deals with China. Is it sacrificing the national jewels, one wonders? I mean, Robert Mugabe was there, yeah. met the Chinese prime minister, yeah. uh, Chinese president, and everybody signed deals, and yeah. it's all fantastic. Yeah. Is it really? No, it didn't. it's not as, as, as glossy as it sounds. Actually, he didn't get those deals for nothing, Bruce. The Chinese are making sure that they are getting the deals. They will promise them that Zimbabweans infrastructure, but I'm sure that they they 
pegged that kind of assistance to some kind of mineral rights. They are trying to get their businesses further into the Zimbabwean economy, as we know they are doing all over. The only thing is President Mugabe doesn't have many choices now. He wasn't made part of the U.S.-Africa summit by President Obama. So he has to look east, as he has been saying. And the Chinese are just going to be very happy to welcome him as long as they can get something for themselves. There we go. Somebody in Cape Town, Victor, this evening asks, uh, does Victor not dress as sharply anymore? I haven't heard you compliment his clothes like you used to for ages. So what I've done is I've taken a photograph of Victor while he was talking. I'm posting it on my Twitter account this evening. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. And you can judge for yourself. He doesn't dress himself. His wife does. That's why he looks good.